0: It's Thursday, April 22nd. I'm Rudy. Happy Earth Day! Make sure to put a pine needle under your pillow tonight so Mother Nature will leave you a handful of mulch. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. (laughs) everybody. Happy Earth Day. I'm Rudy Povich. This is a long walk to Cleveland. Make sure you are subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify on Stitcher every single day around 9:45 a.m. Central Time. We go live on Instagram live. Got a big show lined up for today. First off, biopics can biopic my nose. And secondly, first, what's going on, Jim Norder? How are you, buddy? Say hi to everybody on Instagram live. Hello Amanda. Hello Nicole. What's up, Chuck? Chuck, you want to do some dog sitting of my bulldog, Paul, in the next next couple of weeks? I got a couple of things uh, coming up, and my daughter was very distraught when I said, hey, I'm going to have Paul maybe go stay with uh, Chuck and his wife. And she said, "Uh, we can't take him to the cabin? He's not allowed to come up and hang in the cabin? I said, no, he's allowed, except for I'm going to be working the entire time, and my dog's got a little bit of the you know, the ballsy dog in him, like, hey, even though my legs are no longer than three inches, yeah, I can jump into the middle of this giant mud puddle that is, you know, four and a half feet deep and then get stuck, and then you have to jump in in a pair of waders and pull my big ass out. I said, he can. It's not now. Daddy's got stuff to do. A little busy. So, I'll be in contact, bud. Nice to see everybody, though. Once again, thank you so much for being a part of a long walk to Cleveland. Last night... Be it a Wednesday night. My good friend and local comedian here in Minneapolis, which I don't even know if you can call her local anymore. Is she regional? Regional? National? I don't know. She's been around doing this for a long time now, 20 some years. Uh, Maggie Ferris was at House of Comedy at Mall of America last night, so. I just decided to jump uh, jump in the car, head on up. If you haven't heard Maggie before, here, I pulled a clip online. I believe I can play it through here.
1: Okay, all right, this is weird. I, I overheard this lady. I was out to lunch, and I overheard this lady talking about a friend of theirs, and she said, yeah, it's so weird. She only eats one tablespoon of soup all day long. That's all she eats. One t- what the? F- are you r- really serious? One table? Not only is that too hard to wrap my head around, number one, but number two, how do you prepare one <laughs> tablespoon of soup? Do you heat up the whole can of soup and then just dip your spoon in, or are you taking your soup and you're putting it in your spoon and heating up like a <laughs> damn drug addict? <laughs> you're putting it over the stove and you take it. And put the soup in a bowl, then put it in the microwave, and then take it out one spoonful, and then put it in the fridge for later, so you got soup for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> there is no ending to that joke. Except for she dies of anorexia.
0: <laughs> That's good stuff. Maggie Ferris. Uh, yeah, so she's been a good friend of the show And uh, a friend of mine for quite some time So just went up to the Mall of America to go hang out And say hi and watch the show And have a couple of drinks And while we were there They had uh, Elise Cole, who's also uh, from here in Minneapolis Very funny comedian She was hosting Right before the show's about to start She comes out into the lobby area And says, uh, hey um, Galley was supposed to be our feature for tonight Just plum forgot And isn't coming and Maggie just turned and went, dude, you got enough, can you, do, can you do 10, 15? Yeah, absolutely, not a problem. I was not prepared for it, had nothing written down. Luckily, everywhere I go, I, I've been d- getting into the habit lately of always carrying around a notebook, which I think I've done for a long time, but it sort of falls in and out of habit. You'll have those things where you're like, I'm going to do this all the time, and then you start to become that person, and then after about six months of doing it, you don't do it for one day, and then you never do it again. For whatever reason, you just, it, if you don't do it consistently every single day, like that's how diets end up, you know, going down the shitter. Is you just take one day off and then that just snowballs into six, seven days and it just never comes back. So, uh, yeah, Maggie was like, hey, can you get up and just do 10, 15 minutes? I said, absolutely, not a problem. So uh, it was great. I had a good set, just kind of pieced some stuff together. But watching Maggie get up, man, she. Th- this has been the second show in nine months, and it was like I knew I know her material. I've been watching her for years now, so to be able to watch somebody who hasn't done it for that long—nine months—to be off stage, to get up there, and to just make it look like it is coming off the top of her head—that is the part that always mes- its always mesmerized me about comedians. Is, is watching guys that can get up there and just let it roll. Even though everything they say is absolutely scripted. I think it was, I want to say it was Bob Saget I saw at the State Theater. Dude was doing two shows, decided to buy tickets, one ticket for each show, went to the early show, saw it, went and grabbed a drink, came back, caught the second show. And that dude was up there for, you know, an hour 15. Anthony Jeselnik had opened up for him. But he was up there for an hour 15, and it looked like the words were just coming out of his mouth. Like he's making it up as he goes. Like all the crowd interactions, and, and it, was, it was so, like, fast and witty. And then I came back for the second show, and it was almost identical to the first. And this was years before I had ever even decided to think about putting a pen to paper and starting to write my own material. But he was, he was so fast and so good. And that really like sets the standard for it. Especially when you get up there and you see people stumble over their words and it's almost like they are reading off of something. They're so mes- memorized. It's like, dude, sometimes you should just get up in front of people with absolutely nothing planned and just see what happens. That's where great improv can come from. That's where the magic is, where you don't know where something is going to happen. And somebody says something and it doesn't make sense, but it makes all the sense in the world. That's where all that magic is. And it's how you get better by thinking on your feet and not not being able to connect the dots before you go up there. But once you do it in real time, it feels so good. There are times where I'll be watching somebody and you can tell like they are they have a like a, a bulleted list of things they want to get to. And they'll just be spouting it out and they'll say something and then stop for a moment. And you can tell that in that moment, it was, it, that wasn't scripted. That was completely improvised. But they will do that the next time they get up on stage. It's a great moment to have. It's almost like a, you can see it click in their head like, ooh, that was something that I had never done before. And now this is going to be incorporated for the next time. It really is, man. It's magical. If you don't go out and see enough stand-up comedy, there's so many great places here, in the, especially like in the Midwest, between Acme, House of Comedy, Camp Bar... You got Goonies down in Rochester, a couple places over in Hudson. I don't if anything, you don't even have not even telling you to get up and go out and do it. Because there's a lot of guys, like my buddy Nick, who listens to this podcast quite uh quite religiously, has always talked about wanting to get up and do it. I said, dude, now's the best time. There's not a lot of people in bars, there's zero expectations. You always have a mask over your face. Nobody knows who you are. If you're gonna get out and do some stand-up comedy or try something new. Now would be the time to do it. The level of what you know, is expected of you is so low. Nobody cares. I was talking about this when my friend Brian was going to go out and he was going to do Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson used to be on after David Letterman, CBS, and Brian got a spot for Craig Ferguson. He was a huge fan, loved him. Brian had come over to my house a couple of days before he was leaving for the show and he was talking about it. And you could tell like he was all nervous and he was, you know, he's, Oh man, I can't believe it. Like finally after working all this time, I'm finally getting a shot. I'm getting one of my big credits to be able to go out and do this. I'm just so nervous. I'm just going to fuck it up. And I'm like, Hey man, everybody has this opportunity. You know, you go out there, you do this, but this is up to you. Now, if you are scared about what people might think or, how they're going to remember you. Um, who was the dude who was on... You watch Craig Ferguson, right? And you went, yeah, absolutely. Watch him a lot. I said, well, yeah, who was the guy who was on... Let's see. What's today? Thursday? So it wasn't... It was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday of last week. Uh, bigger guy, had a beard, kind of longer hair, and he's like, Ugh. man, I guess, I guess I watch a lot. I guess I don't remember who was that guest that night. I said, see, Brian... You eventually will be the long-haired, bearded guy that I just made up on the spot. <laughs> you will eventually be that guy where nobody remembers. So don't worry about it. And he kind of took it to heart like, yeah, you're right, man. I got nothing to worry about. I've been doing this for a long time. Went out, had an absolute killer set on Craig Ferguson. And if you just sort of get it out of your head, like people don't think of you as much as you think they think of you, that's a, that's a good place to be. I always remember that as I rub my... Beard up against the microphone. If you're catching that, I bet somebody's got to have like some sort of tick about hair into a microphone because I know I would. Uh, you know, I, I was really complaining about a month ago about all these new biopics that we're going to have to start seeing here soon, and I knew it was going to happen because you had, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. You had, uh, you had all of the um, what do you want to call it? Uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody. You had. God damn it! What is the name of that uh, the the Elton John one? What was that? Why am I spacing on it? Can somebody help me out? That's right, Scooter. You're not that special. It's always what I tell people. You're not that special. Um, what's up, D? Hitting us up on Instagram Live. Um, what was the name of the Elton John one? Why can't I think of it now? The Elton John biopic. It's too much singing and dancing for me. I had a hard- Rocket Man. Thank you, Scooter. Thank you. I had a hard time. Watch. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great movie, phenomenal, very well told. All, all the singing and dancing. But that was the part that was like, huh? Can we bring it down a little bit, man? Just tell a little bit of story, you know? I just see the guy get up there in like uh, bedazzled Dodgers uniforms and maybe play one or two songs? I mean, every twelve minutes it was like, man, I'm done with the music. We can bring her down a little bit. So, but I loved him. And then you have Boy George making the announcement that he's going to be going out and doing a uh, a biopic about himself. And right now he is looking to find somebody who can play him. And you knew that this was going to happen. You're going to have all these guys, Motley Crue had their biopic. Now you got all these guys clamoring because they see how much money you can make, not only off of the rights for the movie, but then how much money you make because of the residuals of them paying to license your music, and then people go out. I bet Bohemian Rhapsody has never been listened to more than during the time of either Wayne's World or during Bohemian Rhapsody. Like that two months where everybody was really on board with it, I'll guarantee that more Queen was played in that time than any other time that Queen has ever put out music. And that's what these guys are clamoring to. The problem is, if we don't stop this, if we don't nip it in the bud, eventually we're going to get like a Machine Gun Kelly biopic, and I'm not ready to go down that route yet. No way. What's up, Auntie? What's up, John? Thank you guys once again for uh, joining us on a long walk to Cleveland. Don't forget that's just Rudy, uh, at Rudy underscore Povich on Instagram. The reason why I bring it up is because Netflix is really close to inking a deal right now with the members of Kiss to be able to put out their biopic. And I'm like, I I don't think I need to know. I know everything I need to know. At 19, they all oozed their way into some leather pants, threw on some face paint, and the rest is history, is it not? Plus, you know that Gene Simmons is going to put his stink all over this damn thing. That guy does that guy does not let a bar napkin with Kiss's logo go out without having his approval on it. And I'm just like, I, I'm done. i don't I don't think I want to go down that route. I don't Don't get me wrong. I enjoy kiss. I went to a concert one night with a bunch of guys who are huge kiss fans, way bigger kiss fans than I am. And I'm pretty sure because I was friends with only one of the guys. I'm pretty sure those guys thought that I was some annoying asshole who was only going just because it was a free ticket. And while we were watching KISS, somebody, uh, somebody who was standing next to me was probably the biggest, the biggest KISS fan on the planet. And Ace Frehley took his guitar pick and he whipped it out into the crowd. And it hit me in the chest and I caught it. And the dude standing next to me, who knew that I, I enjoyed KISS but was not as big of a fan as he was, lost his goddamn mind. John put on Instagram, Gene Invented Shoes. He also invented guys not cutting their hair well past its prime. That is some stringy-ass hair that that guy is rocking these days. Dude, you got to cut that thing. It's okay, man. They got some cool styles for old guys. You don't need to, like, keep the skullit going, dude. That hairline is really starting to get far back there. And for anybody who's like, mm, you shouldn't body shame him, he's Gene Simmons. Trust me, the guy has done a ton of body shaming over the years. Plus, it's not going to matter. That guy doesn't give a shit about any of us. (laughs) He's very gene-centric, if you will. The only way that I would sign off on a KISS biopic is if it just revolved around the video for Lick It Up. Because that was a time in KISS's history I got to know about. There was like a a year and a half span where KISS decided, um, it's time for us to take the makeup off. And more so, Gene and Paul were kind of getting out there and doing their thing. I think it was Ace and Chris that were like, hey, we're kind of tired of going to the bar and nobody recognizing us, so could you possibly maybe let's take the makeup off and let us go out there and, you know, get it on with some ladies? We're rock stars. Why are we not capitalizing on all of this fame and fortune? Nobody knows who—that's what always just boggles me about, like, Slipknot and bands like that. Like, you work so hard to become a rock star and then nobody knows who you are? That seems weird, doesn't it? Take the mask off every once in a while. Take the paint off. But when they did Lick It Up, that video, please do yourself a favor. Google Lick It Up Kiss. Because that video is, man. I don't think I've ever seen more dudes in bedazzled boots (laughs) in one music video in all my life. That's enough going on about Kiss, because I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of other biopics we're going to have to deal with in the next three or four years. Fleetwood Mac's going to probably want one. Madonna's working on one right now. Christ, what a snore fest. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Every day around 9.45 a.m. Central Time, we go live on uh, Instagram live. That's just at Rudy underscore Povich. And once again, thank you guys so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland.